day, guys. We're back here once again for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. We're live in the studio on Thursday, December 17th, 2020. I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined once again by Ben Gorwitz. Ben, say what's up to everybody. Ooh, what's up, everyone? Glad to be back. It's time for a Western Conference NBA breakdown. Yep, this is the second half of our NBA breakdown. I already released episode one, so it's up there. Go listen to that if y'all want to hear about the Eastern Conference and some storylines that we like for this upcoming season. This is our Western Conference, but don't turn it off after you hear who the number one seed is. We're going to go through who we think will play in the conference finals, who we think will play in the finals, and our NBA awards. We're going to try to cruise through this one for y'all so y'all aren't stuck listening to us for too long, but got some good content for y'all, and we're ready to go we're locked in um let's go ahead and start out here with oklahoma city thunder um i have them as my 15 seed in the western conference not gonna waste too much time on the thunder look pretty much for the thunder you just want to see sga continue to get better get other guys involved he didn't have a terrible amount of assists but that's because he played with chris paul last year obviously the thunder have a ton of roster overturn as they shipped out guys like stephen adams chris paul um gallinari and a lot of other guys i'm not going to name every single one of them because they made too many trades but Pretty much for the Thunder, it's going to be about seeing if some of these young draft picks that they have end up turning into something. That's all they're doing. And the Thunder have stockpiled so many picks because this is going to be the most stacked NBA draft. So for the Thunder, I'd say their biggest key is don't win too many games and develop their young talent. If you paid any attention to their offseason, you know exactly why the two of us are picking them to finish dead last in the West. That's all I'm going to say about it. Hey, perfect, Ben. That way we keep moving. Um, next up here, we'll go with the San Antonio Spurs, who I have locked in here at the 14 spot. Look, I actually think the Spurs have a decent young team. I just think the Western Conference is really stacked. Also, think the game is passed by Greg Popovich a little bit. Um, I still, to this day, will never understand why in the uh, Team USA, the FIBA tournament they had last year. I mean, he had Jason Tatum in at center, and Rudy Gobert was just massacring them in the post. That was all I needed to see. Then the Spurs have their long streak of making the playoffs snapped. I like some of the young guys they have on this roster, but to me, they just have a lot of decent players, and they have no stars. We know the West is all about star power. Um, I'd say the biggest thing for the Spurs is try to trade DeMar DeRozan and get some, and LaMarcus Aldridge and get some value and build around the young guys you have because you have some decent young guys with Lonnie Walker, Derek White, Devin Vassell, who's my boy from Florida State, DeJounta Murray, but they pretty much just need to build around that core and develop this young team. Yeah, I like their young core. Um, big fan of DeJounte Murray when he can stay healthy. Lonnie Walker, um, I think your boy um, is a great pickup, great draft pick for them. Kelvin Johnson can do some things, but their best players are all just too old and not good enough at this point. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, those are probably their main, main players outside of DeJounte Murray as well. They're not. I don't think they're going to be able to do much in a stacked Western Conference. I also have them at number 14. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Western Conference too sacked for the Spurs another year out of the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> up next here is the number 13 team. A lot of y'all might be surprised. I'm going with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Who do you have in here at 13, Ben? I have the Sacramento Kings at 13. So that's perfect because I have the Wolves at 13 and the Kings at 12. So you want to go ahead and give me a reasoning for why you think that the Kings are going to be are going to fall here at 13? Well, I mean, outside of like, – I talked about this uh, yesterday on our Eastern Conference podcast. There, There's no winning culture. There is no player on this team that knows how to win in the NBA. Um, I, I think Darren Fox is great. Uh, I think he's a tremendous player. Uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. I think it was. I think it was a lot of people agreed that it was a good draft pick. Tyrese Halliburton, see what he can do. Buddy Hill can fill up the paint. Bagley has not been able to stay healthy. Harrison Barnes is on a massive contract for what he does on the floor. He doesn't provide that much, in my opinion. 
And then outside of them, I, I mean, they have Hassan Whiteside now. I just don't think this team is that talented outside of a couple of guys. So uh, the West is stacked. If, if you're not, if you don't have a superstar or a couple superstars or, or uh, you know, they don't really have much to help out um, De'Aaron Fox, in my opinion. I don't think Bagley's good enough. I don't think Barnes is good enough. I don't think um, Buddy Heald or Jabari Parker, any of these guys, Kaminsky, Whiteside, I don't think they're going to, provide enough to help out Fox. So that's why they got him. I got him all the way down there. Hey, I definitely understand that. Look, I think Buddy feel healed the fact that he got a starting job back and he's been spraying threes again in the, on the uh, preseason. I think he's ready to come back and have a monster season for this team is I think he's one of the best sharpshooters in the league. Um, look, I think De'Aaron Fox ready to take his game to another level. He was hurt a lot last year. I think that he's ready to put all that behind him and ball out. Kyle Guy's been balling out a little bit too in the preseason. Like I said, you can't buy too much into that, but I'd like to see that coming out of Guy. But I actually think Marvin Bagley's the key player here. Look, Marvin Bagley, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated, if not the most underrated young players in the league. Just because he's been hurt all the time, he's been swept under the rug. His rookie year, when he actually got healthy for the second half of the season, he was basically averaging 18 and 12 and blocking shots. I mean, he's a freak of nature. This guy's like a Chris Bosh, but more athletic. If he can actually stay healthy and play some and get some more experience, I think Bagley can pop and actually end up being a guy who's going to play at an all-star level. I mean, he was one of the guys that I was the highest on out of that draft class. All it's his problem is, is he's been hurt. The talent is there. He's got to stay out there on the court. I think this Kings team, though, has a little bit more veteran talent than the Timberwolves have. I mean, yeah, the Timberwolves have some decent veteran talent, but... At the same time, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns haven't really proved that they can do it and stay consistent. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns got called out by Jimmy Butler. He was injured all last year. And this Timberwolves team is absolutely atrocious. Um, Anthony Edwards, I think, is going to have some trouble adjusting at first to the new way of the NBA's played. Ricky Rubio is fine and all, but at the same time, he still is Ricky Rubio. He's more of a distributor of the basketball. D'Angelo Russell also does get hurt a decent bit too, which scares me a little bit. I think the Timberwolves have a decent young roster, and they have a good roster. I think it's more like a next-year thing. I think they're still a year too soon. Um, Culver as well is a young guy to watch develop on their team, but I just think the Kings are a little bit more complete, a little bit more battle-tested, and I think that the Kings will end up having a better record than them when it's all said and done. And I have the Wolves at 12. Uh, for pretty much the same reasons why you like the Kings better is why I like the Wolves better. I think they have more star power just between the two Carl uh, Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. The fact that these two guys are basically best friends, it seems like. Um, I think that's. I think it's a little bit more motivating to, for them. I think that'll motivate Carl Anthony Towns a little bit more. Carl Anthony Towns has been really good since he's been in the league. I think D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell has been very good. He's he's actually a guy that had a, a very high expectations. Was good coming in, but he has gotten better. Um, so I, I'm looking for him to take his game to the next level. I think the addition of Malik Beasley is uh, a big addition. He shoots the three at a very high rate. I think he was around 40% from threes last year, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's the type of guy that even though he's young, I think he can help Jared Culver get his game better on the perimeter as well as Anthony Edwards. They, they All three of them kind of play similar positions. And just the fact that they have two stars in the league, they're not superstars, but stars, and D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns is why I like them a little bit better than the Kings. Yeah, you know, I definitely understand that. Like, I definitely think D'Lo's good. I just don't think he's all-star level in a stacked-up Western Conference. I just feel like in a stacked-up Western Conference, these teams smell blood in the water when it comes to him. Don't get me wrong, Cat's a beast. Cat puts up the numbers and everything. I just want to see it translate more into winning. I feel like this Wolves or this Wolves team is still just a year too young. I like all their young guys. Just think it's a year too soon for them. 
Um, next team up on here is, wow, we're all the way at 11 now, the Memphis Grizzlies for me. And look, I like Memphis's roster a lot. I mean, I love Ja Morant. One big problem is for Memphis, though, is that Jaron Jackson Jr. will start the season out. He currently has no timetable for his return, so that's something to keep an eye out for. I mean, I think he's one of the best stretch fives in the league. But other than that, I mean, there's just not a whole lot out here to support um John Morant. Honestly, I feel like I might even be a little bit too high on Memphis. Last year before they traded off Jay Crowder and Solo to the Heath, that was when they did a lot of their winning after they were a very pedestrian team, got a lot worse. I want to see how Justice Winslow and um, plays with this team. I think Dylan Brooks can build off the season he had last year, but at the same time, he shoots a lot and he's very inconsistent. A lot of these other guys, though, on the roster are big-time question marks. I think we might be a little too high on Memphis, but John Morant is that good, and he's going to put the numbers up that I just feel like he can elevate this team to be the 11th best in the Western Conference. This is where we're getting to the part of our list where you and I are going to start agreeing a little bit. Um, I, I hate not putting this Grizzlies team in the playoffs um, because I do think that they are – they're definitely good enough to compete for that 10th spot uh, or to you know to get in the playoffs. I'm a big fan of John Moran. This he is so explosive. He is such a stud. He is so fun to watch. But I have no idea when his sidekick, Jaron Jackson Jr., is going to return. And without him, I don't think they have enough production to help John Moran out. So if he's going to be out a majority of this first half of the year, I, I don't know that. I just know that there is no timetable. Um, so maybe my pick would be adjusted if he only misses the first 10, 15 games. But I hate not putting this team in the playoffs because they are right there. Um, their coach was up there for, I believe, Coach of the Year last year. I'm not sure if he won it. I don't think he did. But I think he was up there for Coach of the Year. And uh, this is a, just a young team. I like Dylan Brooks. I really like John Moran. I really like Jaron Jackson Jr., but if they're not all playing together, it doesn't mean much. Yeah, see, I'm in agreement with you there. I mean, Brandon Clark's a good fill-in, but still, he's not Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, up next at the 10 seed, barely slipping in. Remember, guys, like I said on the last podcast, the 10 seed gets you in the playoffs in today's NBA. Technically, it gets you in those little playoffs to try to get all the way up to the 7 or 8 seed. I want the New Orleans Pelicans here. Um, ben, do you have the Pelicans as well? I do. You want to kick us off on them? Yeah, I, it, it's pretty simple um, for me with the Pelicans is, I mean, obviously their their young talent is absolutely there. I mean, I, I, I'm i still a believer in Lonzo Ball that he can be good. I don't know if he's ever going to be good enough from where he was drafted as the number two pick, but I do think his potential is still sky high. Um, I think maybe, maybe Eric Bledsoe can help him out, bring some veteran leadership in. But to be honest with, with everyone – and I'm a big Kyra Lewis fan, obviously from Alabama. We'll see how he he can do, but I don't love their guard play. I don't think their guards are good enough to compete in a stacked Western Conference when you put them up against all the teams that we're going to name from this point on above them, to be honest with you. I mean, J.J. Reddick can still fill, up, fill it up from outside. Zion's going to be Zion. That dude's a stud. Um, Brandon Ingram, an absolute stud last year. I thought Jackson Hayes provided some good things. This team has players that I do like. But I don't think – and actually they brought in Steven Adams. So I, I honestly think I have the Rockets at nine, and we'll get into that in a minute. I, I think both of these teams are pretty interchangeable. I, I have the Pelicans anywhere from eight to ten range. I, I think they're pretty interchangeable because I think the team does have the potential. I just don't think it's all there just yet. See, I think the Pelicans are more like that 10 to 12 range for me. I just put them at 10 just because I feel like the Zion and Brandon Ingram are good enough to win some games for you. But 
I will say this at the same time. I'm going to total agreeance with you, Ben, on the guard play. After Zion and Brandon Ingram, I see I mean, yeah, Zion and Brandon Ingram, I see a lot of question marks on this roster. Lonzo Ball obviously has a lot of areas that he needs to get better. Steven Adams is just, you know, he's a whatever kind of in there at center. I mean, I would say he's in the in the better half of centers, but realistically, he's not going to make you that much better than Derek Favors made him last year. J.J. Redick is old. Eric Bledsoe, we all know how some games he shows up, some games he doesn't. I mean, you just go down this roster. It's a young roster. they got a lot of good prospects and everything on there. I look for him to try to develop these young guys. I do want to see Kyra Lewis because I think actually he could be their permanent answer at point guard. But I think the biggest thing for them is to figure out what to do with Lonzo Ball. I think you got to got to in Eric Bledsoe. I think you got to try to trade them off for more assets, or you just got to run with them in there if it's if it works out. So it'll be we got to see we got to see something from either Lonzo Ball or Josh Hart. Um, I think Lonzo has shown some improvement, not mm-hmm. not like a big leap. I, I don't think he's made the big leap yet. I think he's shown some improvement. He needs to keep cutting his turnovers down. He needs to keep facilitating like he does. But Josh Hart has been nothing to me. I mean, for the people that even play 2K, and I know that Ronnie 2K, people hate him and, and this and that, the ratings. But if you do a franchise mode and you just pay attention to Josh Hart, his ratings don't move, like, ever. So... <laughs> I mean, ever. Like, I feel like that's got to be some kind of sign. Like, maybe that means he hasn't – maybe I'm not the only one who doesn't think he has improved at all. I think the Lakers situation from him was the same for Brandon Ingram. I don't think it was a good situation for the two of them. But ever since Brandon Ingram's been in New Orleans, he's been incredible. I believe he just won most improved player, and I believe he was an all-star. Is that correct? That is correct. And Josh Hart doesn't play more than 50 – I don't even know. Let's see. He played 27 minutes last year. I I think that's a lot. Um, I've got I've got a couple things to say based off your statement. The first one is I love how you're how we're relating everything to 2K now. That always cracks me up. <laughs> but I could I couldn't agree with you more, Ben. I don't know if you see my tweets or not, but I actually can't stand Josh Hart, and I think he's one of the most overrated and biggest scrubs in the entire NBA. I don't know how he always manages to get his name out there. But he sucks, in my opinion. He plays out of control, does all kinds of stupid stuff, loves to run his mouth, loves to somehow get in the middle of everything. I cannot stand Josh Hart, and I honestly think 27 minutes is 27 minutes too many for me in the league. I mean, I, I think does, I, Josh, does he play? Is he more of a? I know that positions aren't really a thing, but is he more of a two or a one? He's definitely a two. He cannot play with the ball in okay. his hand like that. Yeah, well, I didn't def- think so. But my my point was being the fact that they just. Not only did they bring in Eric Bledsoe, who is a point guard, and mm-hmm. Kyra Lewis, who they drafted, and listen, Lonzo is definitely a point guard, but he's also six six, so he can guard, he can play the two position if you need him to. I I think that if Kyra Lewis plays well in the beginning, I, I think Josh Hart's minutes will absolutely decrease, and I think you can play two guards, uh, you can play Lonzo at the two and just put the ball on his mm-hmm. hands and have Kyra or Eric Bledsoe play off ball. I don't think that would be that big of an issue. Um, I. Listen, Josh Hart needs to show something, or I think he is in danger of his minutes decreasing. Yeah, and actually, and honestly, outside of JJ Redick, they really don't even have another two, so they're probably going to have to do a lot. They of have that. that. They have that Nikeel Alexander Walker kid. He's a three, uh, though. He's big. He's six foot five. He's the same height as Josh Hart. No way. I thought he was like six seven or six eight. I mean, he's listed at six five on this one app. So I mean, listen, like, there's no really positions in the NBA. So like height, it doesn't really matter. As long as you can just defend the guy that you're going to be guarding, you're going to play. Josh Hart doesn't play much defense. And if this app that I'm looking at is correct, he averaged 10 points. You can, you can replace 10 points. 
No, absolutely. I'm shocked to even average 10 points. It actually kind of cracks me up that he's even able to score 10 points. Um, next team up here, his team we both have slotted at number nine is the Houston Rockets. I actually could see. So it's kind of the same thing I said about the Heat yesterday, and we'll talk even more about the hypothetical with the Heat here. If he gets, if um, James Harden gets traded, the Rockets are obviously not a playoff team. Um, I don't necessarily hate the moves they made with their roster, bring in um, guys like Christian Wood, um, bring in guys like John Wall. I mean, it, Boogie it, Cousins. Yeah, Boogie Cousins. You know, I have one opinion of the John Wall trade that it was pretty much worthless. Then I have another other opinion that it's not the worst trade just because of the fact that I feel like you shake the roster up a little bit and you get some new blood in there. Plus, I feel like John Wall is more of a team player, so I do kind of like it a little bit better from that. And, I mean, it's hard to be a worse three-point shooter than Russell Westbrook. John Wall is not a great one, but he's definitely better than him. But I like the fact they kept around Daniel House Jr., P.J. Tucker. I look for them to be big contributors once again on this team. But outside of that, the Rockets really have no bench. But, I mean, when you have a guy as good as James Harden, we've watched James Harden win with some of the worst rosters I've seen. He's for sure going to get your team into the playoffs or at least to that playoff. I mean, there's no way he's not going to when you're that good. I mean, two out of three nights a week, he's going to get you a win just because James Harden is James Harden. And, I mean, he still is bought into the team. He's heard in his press conference. If you all haven't heard his press conference, go watch it. It's absolutely hilarious. He's just kind of giving them the most just like nonchalant, like Marshawn Lynch, like one-worded, two-worded, three-worded answers you can possibly give to get in and out of an interview. It's actually hilarious. I, I, like, I don't think James Harden is going to like not try or anything. He just wants to be traded, and he's just going to make the most of what he's got while he's there. I think the starting lineup of this team, um, I, I think they're going to have to play a, a good amount of minutes because I, I don't think their bench is going to give them much against teams. Mm-hmm. But I think their starters give them enough to, to get them to the nine seed. I mean, listen, Harden's going to be Harden. John Wall would get his. I, I think as long as DeMarcus Cousins, uh, a.k.a. Boogie, can stay healthy, I, I do think he can still contribute in this league. He's a guy that can knock down jump shots from the outside. Um, and, and Eric Gordon is, is going to get his. I mean, the thing off the bench is they're going to need production like Ben McLemore gave last year. When he's not on the floor with James Harden, I don't think he's going to do much. When James Harden's on the floor, I think as long as he stands in the corner and just waits for his shot, I think guys like Macklemore and Daniel House can do their thing. But this team doesn't have much on their bench that excites me. Um, but I do think their starters – I mean, their starters are going to be something like John Wall, James Harden, I'm assuming Eric Gordon, Christian Wood, and Boogie Cousins. I'm, does that sound about right to you? Yeah, that sounds think, about right. Yeah, unless they just randomly decide to bring – um, maybe P.J. Tucker starts somewhere. Maybe Eric Gordon's off the bench. I don't know, but I know that those guys are pretty interchangeable. As long as Harden's playing the majority of the game, I think the rest of the role players, all they have to do is knock down shots. And This team won't be great, but they should make the playoffs as long as James Harden's there. Yep, I agree completely with everything you said. The number eight team, it's finally their year. They'll crack the playoffs. Devin Booker's going to get his first crack at the NBA playoffs. I got the Phoenix Suns. Um, ben, you got the Suns as well here? I do have the Phoenix Suns. Gotta love that. We're both in agreement. Look, the Suns, in my opinion, might have had one of the biggest upgrades of any team we've seen in the league. I kind of said it at the end of yesterday's podcast, but you bring in Chris Paul, you have Devin Booker now, DeAndre Ayton, you have one of the better big threes in the entire league, in my opinion. Then, I mean, I think Jalen Smith might be a little bit of a questionable pick, but hey, at least you got another quality big to throw in there. 
Um, Mikel Bridges, possibly the biggest pickup they made. Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson are some of the best and longest 3 and D wings I can think of. I mean, I think Jay and Crowder just for pure 3 and D. Him and Robert Covington might be 1 and 2 in the league. Each one more gets you some buckets off the bench. Campaign can run that second second uh, group as well. And Dario Sarge can shoot it a little bit. I think this is your team's X factor is Chris Paul. He's going to coach him up and teach him the grit and everything they need to win in these games they haven't been winning. Also, Devin Booker was moving the ball like I've never seen him do before in the bubble. Everybody looks bought in in Phoenix, and they're going to have a great year. I believe they also brought in Abdel Nader. I think he also played with Chris Paul on the Thunder, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Um that's a guy that can shoot it. Uh, I don't know how much he's going to play, but listen, this team had a good offseason, a really good offseason. Anytime you can bring in Chris Paul, I know that he's getting older, but he's still very, very productive. Uh, I thought Jay Crowder was a good bring in. Listen, we're going to we're going to have to see what Devin Booker can do. This is this is his team. I, I know that Chris Paul is going to be the leader, but this is Devin Booker's team. I don't think that's very arguable, uh, to be honest with you. I think Chris Paul knows and will say that it's Devin Booker's team. Listen, he's he's the guy that has um he's he's put up he's like Carl Anthony Towns he's put up great numbers in his career but at some point you have to turn those numbers into wins for your team Chris Paul should absolutely help with that they need DeAndre Ayton to stay healthy and the last thing I'll say is this team might have the two best defending point guard duos between Chris Paul and Javon Carter Javon Carter just signed in, I believe a two-year extension he's the point guard out of West Virginia if anyone doesn't remember him by name mm-hmm. He's one of the best defenders college basketball has seen in the last five years. I'll tell you that. And he was good enough. I, I don't even think he was drafted. I think he was good enough that he earned a roster spot. And he was good enough that he played that he – I believe he just got a two-year extension. So we're going to need to see some defense out of this team. I think Jay Crowder, Chris Paul, guys like that are going to help Devin Booker. DeAndre Ayton, as long as he stays healthy, is a great inside presence for them. Yep, I agree with you on all that, Ben. It's going to be fun to actually see the Suns maybe be worth something this year and win some games. Um, coming in hot at number seven here. Look, it's it's tough for me, man, to separate these teams. I really think the separation in the West between nine through, honestly, even through three and two might be like four to five games. It's going to be pretty damn close. But I got the Golden State Warriors here. You got the Warriors as well? I do. This might be the last one we agree on now for a little while. Okay, start us off with this one. I mean, so the obvious is is uh, why are the Warriors going to be better? Because Steph Curry, uh, the best shooter of all time, no debate, is back. I think James Wiseman, I think he's going to be able to contribute. I, I was talking to you yesterday. Um, I think James Wiseman's game actually complements Draymond Green's very well. Listen, Draymond Green and Wiseman are both very capable passing big men. Draymond, I mean, Dr- Draymond Green's very more than capable. He's, I would say he's a very good big man passer. Um, I think Wiggins having a full off season of knowing that there that he won't be traded, knowing that there's no turmoil, I think mentally that's going to help him. I think Pash, I, I'm a big Eric Paschal fan um, from Villanova. I, I think he showed some good things on a young but mm-hmm. horrible Warriors team last year. He got a lot of minutes. I think I think we're going to see him improve on that. I think Kelly Oubre is a good fit for this team out wide. I don't know if Kelly Oubre is a great shooter for how Steph Curry kind of likes to operate because sometimes he's a driving kick kind of passer, but we'll see. And then um, you get Draymond Green healthy, Curry healthy, and then, listen, Curry makes so much – Curry just makes such a big difference. I mean, I like the way Stephen A. Smith said it today. 
about 60 to 70% of, in terms of shot clock of their possessions are going to be the defense chasing around Steph Curry. And if he gets any sliver, he's going to put the shot up. I think we're going to see Steve Kerr really do a lot of coaching this year. And I, I think they fit nicely in the seventh spot. Yeah. Um, I'm going to agree with you again. Like we said, um, pretty much hit the nail on the head with everything. I'd say the biggest thing for the Warriors, man, is they're deep this year. Um, I think James Wiseman will add. I think James Wiseman will be up there with my pick for rookie of the year. I don't know if y'all listened to the last podcast or not. But, um, yeah, I love everything about this Warriors team. Draymond looks like he lost some weight. He's in shape. I think this team's going to play a lot of good defense. And I think Steph Curry's going to direct them, and he's going to have a chance to win the MVP award when it's all said and done if this Warriors team can overachieve a little bit. Um, coming in hot at number six, I got the Utah Jazz. Who you got at this slot? At the six, I have the Dallas Mavericks. Okay, so let's just let's start with the Jazz. Let's hold off on the Mavericks. Um, where do you have the Jazz at in your power rankings? I have the Jazz one above them at five. Okay, that's perfect. So let's go ahead and knock the Jazz out then real quick. Um, so this offseason, Utah, they didn't really make any moves too crazy. They ended up re-signing Jordan Clarkson, but. Look, the Jazz kind of got dealt a rough hand in the bubble, and I think they're going to be out for some revenge because of that. They ended up um, having that day off or those two days off for the um, for that shooting, and it kind of gave the Nuggets a day or two to get everything about themselves and came back down 3-1. Um, Mike Conley Jr. played a lot better, better in the bubble. I look for them to look for him to build off that. Um, I also think that having Bojan back as well because he didn't play during the bubble will be huge for this team. They also did get Derek Favors back, who basically left them for one year and now came back to play with them once again. But ultimately, with all that being said, I think this is going to be a good defensive team like they always are. I think they can also score the ball and push a little pace. I think the key to this team is they can only go as far as Donovan Mitchell can take them. If he plays like the star player he's playing like in the bubble, this team might be able to even achieve higher than the sixth seed. If he plays though like the Donovan Mitchell we've seen in the past, I'd say they're right where they should be. Yeah, I don't have too much to add about the uh, Utah Jazz. I, I'm a big fan of their um, perimeter wing players. They're, they're, I'm going to call them role players. But uh, I think Bogdanovich, great pickup for them. Jordan Clarkson, I, I think he showed a lot in the uh, bubble and then towards the end of the year. Uh, he's a really good scorer off the bench for them. I, I think he averaged like 15 or 16 points a game and only around like 24 minutes. So he's pretty efficient. I mean – Mike Conley, he's getting older, but he's still he's still a great point guard to lead you. Uh, favors, you know, solid big man to uh, to come off the bench. I, I don't see him as their starting power forward. And then Joe Ingles is still there. Then I, I think Juwan Morgan, uh, rookie out of Louisville, I think he's a guy that can contribute for this team. But we'll see. I mean, I Donovan Mitchell, I'm in agreement with you there. Uh, fresh off a massive contract that he just got, very deserving. Uh, he's a star in this league, and I, I think the Jazz actually need to play fast. I, I think any rebound they get, I think they need to get the ball into Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell's hands if those two are on the floor. I think they need to push it because when Donovan Mitchell gets running downhill, he's he's a tough guy to stop uh, on a fast break. Yeah, hey, I agree with you on all that, Ben. Let's go ahead. I have the Mavs at the four seed, actually. Ben has them at the uh, at the six. Where, the sixth seed, you want to tell me why you think they're going to finish sixth? Listen, I think Luca. I, th- there is no, there is no sky is the limit for him. Like it, he, I believe he is the favorite to win the MVP at this point. Um, I, I think he will do plenty for this team. I, I don't know when Kristaps is going to be healthy. I haven't seen a timetable for him. Have you? 
No, there's no return timetable as well for his return. I, I know that he's behind schedule at this point. I, I, I believe that in January is when he was supposed to start ramping up things. I don't think that's very likely at this point since we're getting towards the end of December and there is no timetable. Um, that's, I mean, that's their second best player uh, in terms of how much they're paying people and in terms of how much production that they're going to need. Listen, they're going to need their role players to step up once again. And their role players, I'm looking at um, Josh Richardson, who's a new addition. I think th- I think that's a very serviceable guy to bring in for Seth Curry. Um, Trey Burke, Jalen Brunson, and Don- uh, Dorian Vinny-Smith. I-, I think these – and uh, excuse me, Tim Hardaway Jr. Tim Hardaway is a good shooter. He had a pretty good season last year, but he- can he do it again? He's not always consistent in his career. I, I just think that – listen, Luka is the player that – he will have the ball in his hands 90% of the time, and that's exactly how it should be because he's the type of player that makes everyone else better, but everyone else needs to elevate their game a little bit more than last season. I don't know if I see that happening outside of Luka because I do think his game, I, I, somehow he's going to get even better. Yeah, so the reason mainly that I'm going to back the Mavs, like I agree with a lot of what you said. They definitely need everybody to step up. The Mavs played well last year without Luka and without KP in the lineup. Obviously, they played well without um, without Porzingis in there. Like, we saw Luka beat the Clippers in those playoff games. I think the Mavs team can do the same team. They also get Dwight Powell back, who in the pick and roll is actually the most efficient player like in the Dwight. entire NBA. Dwight Say plays his role very well. Uh, Dwight plays his role very well. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And Maxi Kleber. Actually, one of the two. I can't remember which one of the two of them are hurt. They're basically the same player, in my opinion, but... It's one of the two of them who's the best in the uh, pick and roll. It might actually be Kleba, but I love. I honestly like this team a lot. I think Luke is a great leader for them. I think they have the role players to put around him. I think Tyrell Terry could be a sneaky rookie that kind of fell down the draft board and went in the second round that can ball out out of Stanford. He can spray three-pointers. He's almost like Trey Young without the passing and not quite as good of a shooter. It's honestly kind of – I'm sorry, Trey, if I offended you by comparing him to you. But um, anyway – I like this Mavs roster. I think they're going to win a lot of games. I actually like the Mavs win total over uh, 41 and a half wins. Um, I think that's a good bet that has a lot of value as well. I think this Mavs seems to be tough, man. I like him to come in here at the four slot. Um, so you said you had at the five, you had the you had the Mavs Jazz. at six, Jazz, Jazz at, five. at five. Who do you have at four? I got the Blazers coming in at four. Um, okay. This is a this is a well, team hey, that I well, yep, um Actually, let's wait. Let's hold off on the Blazers one. Let's go with who I got at five, just because I don't want to get that much out of order. Um, at five here, I have the um, Los Angeles Clippers. Where do you have the Clippers at? Three or two? Three. Okay. So Ben's got so that, hey, that's a big difference one right there. Is the Clippers look? I actually have a lot to say about this Clippers team. I think the Clippers are going to be the exact same thing that happened last year. First of all, yeah, they did bring in Serge Ibaka, but I also think that they lost a lot not bringing back Montrezl Harrell. Montrezl Harrell didn't play well in the bubble because he was gone for a long time. Nicholas Batum is basically a shell of himself. I think that's a worthless pickup. But their second team, it doesn't really play any defense. Um, they sp- Oh, by the way, they swapped out Luke Kennard for Landry Shamit, which is basically an even player for an even player in my opinion. But Lou Williams is getting older. I don't necessarily know if he's the best guy for this, but look, they have the same problem they had last year. Who the hell is going to play point guard for the team? Patrick Beverly is just like a gnat. 
He just gets up in people's grills. He's a total, as I like to call him, he's a hack. He's a total hack. He brings nothing to the table on the offensive end. I would almost let him shoot open threes. I mean, he's not do anything to move the ball. In big games, it'll get exposed that they have no point guard like we saw the Nuggets do to them. Reggie Jackson is decent, but there's a reason why he's a backup point guard in the league now. I think the Clippers have a lot of holes with that. Also, too, I think Tyron Lue's a good head coach when you have like a specific team leader. What's the one knock on Kawhi? That he's not a leader. Kawhi's not ready to lead this team. He doesn't. He's not vocal enough with Tyron Lue in there as coach. I actually think it could be a shit show for the Clippers. They're talented enough that they should be a top five seed. So I actually think their leader is their coach. Um, I think Tyron Lue, is, well, one, he's a championship coach. He has won a championship thanks to LeBron James. But I really think he picked up on a lot of things. This is just my opinion. I haven't read anything anywhere about this. But I think he probably picked up on a lot of things. I'm going to name three basketball names that are very, very knowledgeable about the game. And I think Tyron Tyra Lewis worked with all three of them in recent years that I think he's going to increment some things that he learned. Number one is LeBron James, one of the greatest basketball minds, if not the greatest basketball minds to ever touch the floor. Number two, Doc Rivers. You can say what you want about not him, maybe him being an overrated coach. He knows basketball second to none. This dude has been around the game forever. I think he increments a lot of things that are good for the game that just don't always fall his way. And number three, this is another assistant that was on the Clippers. I believe he is still there, but I can't confirm that right now. I have not looked it up. It's Sam Cassell. I think Sam Cassell is a tremendous assistant coach that I do think he will get an opportunity to be a head coach in the next couple of years. I, I, I'm a big believer in that. He was a tremendous point guard in his game, very knowledgeable, very high basketball IQ. I think Tyron Tyron or Ty Lu. Is it Tyron Lu or just Tyler? Tyler. I think Ty Lu, um, I think he's gonna be the vocal leader of this team. I, I think Kawhi is just gonna play with some revenge on his mind. And so that's why I have the Clippers at number three. Hey, all I gotta say, Ben is one of the two of us is going to be right and the other one's going to be wrong. So if anything, that's the perfect way to have it. I kind of like the fact we disagree on this team. I think it's the team we're the farthest apart on. I just think they need a point guard in there that can give them more like structure and everything. Um, now, so all right, so we've done five. So you had a four, you had the Blazers, which is perfect because now we're back in order because I have the Blazers at three. Start us off with the Blazers. Yeah, so I, I mean the Blazers, um, I think they had the best offseason in terms of how much better that their team they got. Um, I think the Suns are also up there, but the Blazers are just a better team than the Suns. Uh, listen, I think signing Robert Covington is a tremendous pickup for them. Great 3 and D guy. I would put him as one of the better 3 and D guys in the league. Um, I, I think Zach Collins finally being healthy is big. I also think re-signing Rodney Hood, that's a player that was tremendous in the bubble. I think getting Ennis Cantor back is also big. This is a dude that balled out on Portland playing, I believe he played alongside Nurch, so I don't know where, I think he's going to be coming off the bench in Portland. Yep. Um, so I think he might be playing against Harry Giles, or maybe, I, I probably Harry Giles, I think, and I think that's a tandem that can work. They brought in Derek Jones Jr., which helps with their fast break game. He's also a guy that can play some defense, but listen, this team, and also they signed Carmelo Anthony, but, or re-signed Carmelo Anthony. This team runs through Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. That is, that's no secret. Everybody knows that. You can't stop these two. These two are the I, – I think outside of Steph and Clay, 
I would I think they might be my favorite backcourt in terms of just most exciting to watch. Absolutely. These two guys are electric on the offensive end. They struggle a little bit defensively, but that's okay because they just make up for it on the offensive end. This team is so much fun to watch. I don't, Damian Lillard, I mean, pull up. They could inbound the pass. If he wants to shoot it from there, I don't care because he's going to make that shot eventually. This dude has taken what Steph Curry brought into the league, and he was doing it, he was doing it before like Steph, but people give Steph the credit. And this dude has taken the logo Lillard, which I don't know if he's trademarked or patent would trademarked, but he should. This dude's incredible from the logo. I mean, the fact that you have to guard him as soon as he crosses half court, and he can also he's got the handles just like Steph that he can blow past you. This dude can make any shot on the court. He is a vocal leader, which we were just saying Kawhi may not be. This dude is a vocal leader. Listen, people gave him a lot of shit for saying if if they can't make the playoffs, he's not showing up to the bubble. Listen, I, I don't I, I think it came off the wrong way, but look what they did. They got their chance and they I think they did as much as they could with it, to be honest with you. This team can ride Damian Lillard and McCullum. They've done it ever since this duo was together. There's no reason to think they can't do it again. I just think um, the teams I have ahead of them are just going to be a little bit better this year. But the West is so competitive that as it, all you got to do is get into the playoffs and anybody can beat anybody. Hey, you put it best, Ben. Um, yeah, you know, like I, like I said a minute ago, I think that it'll be like one or two games that separates almost the entire Western Conference. Um, I, I honestly I almost put the Blazers at two, but I just couldn't f- catch myself doing it. Everything you said, you hit the nail on the head. I think the biggest thing is pretty much this is the team they took to the Western Conference Finals, except knock on wood. I don't know if y'all can hear me knock on wood or not. They're going to have Nurkic in there. They're going to have um, Derrick Jones Jr., who they just added, Robert Covington. They'll have Zach Collins back. Y'all forget they didn't have Nurkic and Collins pretty much the whole year last year. Um, Covington is in a class of his own in 3 and D. He's probably the best for just straight up doing that. But they also have Carmelo Anthony, who they didn't have. This team is awesome. They're going to be great to watch. I mean, it's Dame time, baby. Let's see what they can do. This is Dame's best chance he's going to have at getting a ring. I don't necessarily think he can win the West, but it's Dame time. Let's see what they do. Um, so, oh, yeah, so you had the had the Clippers at three, so that's perfect. So I think we have the same one and two. We do. Number two, the Denver Nuggets. Um, I know all y'all watched the bubble. I know all y'all saw what happened. This is a team that has grit. This is a team that's hungry. I love this Nuggets team. I mean, shoot, no, somebody tell them that they didn't deserve to beat the Lakers. I mean, they thought they should have beaten the Lakers. Jamal Murray, I think, is ready to turn up and take his game to the level that he was playing at in the bubble. Um, to take things back to 2K terms, as been used earlier, um, I think Jamal Murray went from like an 84 to 85 in 2K to like a 92 or 93 the way he played the bubble. I mean, he's a freak. You also forgot about this, I bet. They didn't have Will Barton, who's arguably their best wing scorer the entire bubble. He didn't play a single game for him. He didn't even make the trip with the team. He's going to be back. You add your Michael Green, who's a nice, you know, defensive and can shoot the three ball a little bit power forward, actually. He's kind of, he's that three and D power forward. Not a lot of those out there. Um, you bring back Paul Millsap, who's definitely gotten old. Um, but, man, I love this team. This team is depending on Michael Porter Jr. If he steps up into that role and is that is that borderline all-star number three, I mean, he used to say this team can't be the best team in the league. That's how good this Nuggets team can be. Jamal Murray and Jokic might be, I mean, that's one of the best tandems you got. 
throw all that together. It's going to be an exciting team to watch. Also, too, the Nuggets have the altitude of Denver as home court advantage that a lot of these other teams don't have. All the more reason. And they might have one of the most unique young players in the league in Bull Bull. Let's see him keep getting playing time, keep getting better and better. I mean, if he's able to play at what he actually could potentially play at, this Nuggets team just became 10 times more unstoppable. So there's only one move that the Nuggets made in the offseason that I personally disagreed with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's bringing back Paul Millsap. Uh, for the Hawks fans listening, listen, I loved Paul Millsap in Atlanta. I think bringing him to Denver, I, I thought he was, you know, Jokic was kind of still young. Jamal Murray hadn't come into his own yet. I thought he was their veteran mm-hmm. to kind of keep. But uh, these Jokic has been in the league, has been a superstar in the league these past couple of years. Jamal Absolutely. Murray's looking like he's about to become a superstar. I, I don't, I think Millsap just kind of, I don't know what he does for this team. Like, I mean, last year he he uh, averaged just under 12 points and six rebounds and played about 24 minutes, and I think that's fine. But I don't think they need him. I, I really don't think they need him. But, listen, you want to talk about depth. This team has it at every single position. Um, I think – I mean, listen, I agree with you on Michael Porter Jr. He was great in the bubble. He's going to get more minutes. I don't know how much Bobel is going to play. I don't see him playing more than I think like 15 minutes would be the max, and I don't even know if he gets that personally. Same. I, I think uh, an I – well, I'll tell you. I, I, I'm going to butcher his name, but the guy they just brought over from overseas, that point guard, Campazzo. Campazzo is his last name. Uh, has looked great in preseason. He's a 5'10 point guard. Your typical overseas guy that comes over, great at facilitating, uh, pretty good at defense. I'm interested. In, he's going to play. I don't know where he fits in because they have Monte Morris, who I think is a pretty good backup point guard. Uh, Will Barton can also handle the ball, but this dude's going to play. I'm interested to see if R.J. Hampton can get any sort of minutes on this team. It's hard to find minutes for these young guys on this team. Bobo didn't really play much last year. Michael Porter Jr. didn't play a ton. In the regular season, as the season went on, he got more and more minutes. I think R.J. Hampton could be an asset to this team, but I don't know if he's going to play a lot just yet. But this team starts with their depth and ends with their depth, and they rely on Jokic and Murray, who's one of the best pick-and-roll, one of the best duos you got in the NBA to this date. Oh, yeah, that might actually be the best pick-and-roll duo you got. Um, Yeah, I love everything you said. I just want to say this about Millsap. I agree with you, Millsap's aged and his value is not great, but at the same time, I feel like he brings like the savvy veteran attitude that they need. Like Millsap, in my opinion, watching him play so much in Atlanta, I mean, I would probably say he's probably my favorite Hawk that we've had in my lifetime besides Trey. And the thing I love about Millsap is he just goes to work. You know, he's like, as they like to say, he's the hard hat and lunch pail kind of guy. Like Millsap just goes in there, gets it. He plays hard. He plays aggressive. He's tough. He's fierce. He's all that that you want in a player like him. And he put it on display best in that Clippers Nuggets series in that game. Uh, and when they in that game uh, five, I guess it was when they were down three games to one. Um, that you had, I'm trying to think who it was. I can't remember what player it was exactly for the Clippers, but he got in Millsap's face. And not only did Millsap get right back in his face, but Millsap went on a personal 9-0 run, brought the Nuggets back in that game. They erased a 15-point late third-quarter lead, came back and won the game, and that was kind of the turning point of the entire series. I feel like Millsap brings that swagger that this young team needs and the veteran attitude that they need. Um, obviously here at number one, we both went with the Lakers, make it short and sweet for you guys. Somehow the Lakers figured out how to get better. They brought in the, the, um, 
the uh, sixth man of the year in Den- in um, Montrose Harrell and also the sixth man of the year runner-up in Dennis Schroeder. So not only did they get that second unit better, but they brought back a lot of their key guys as well. They got rid of Danny Green, who can't even hit an open three. They brought back KCP. I mean, this Lakers team got better. There's really no excuses for them not to get the one seed. Yep, they got better. Uh, LeBron did his thing in free agency as the general manager that he is. Um, also, the fact that Joe Johnson's not one of your favorite Hawks, like, what are you talking about? Well, Joe Johnson's third. Okay. I have a, I like Joe Johnson, but he definitely came up short when we needed him the most a lot of times. I, I put all of that blame on Josh Smith. But anyway, that's that's a topic for another day. Um, listen, the Lakers, there's not much to talk about them. I mean, you got, you got the best player in the world. The best player I've ever seen play. He's definitely my GOAT and LeBron James. Anthony Davis got a much-deserving uh, contract extension. Uh, did he sign? He signed, right? Yeah, much deserving contract extension for him. Uh, I'm gonna get into AD a little bit more in this next in this next segment, so I'll I'll wait for him on that. Hey, that's perfect. That's our Western Conference run through. Um, done a good job running through everything so far. Now let's get down to rewards here. So I'm gonna take a couple shots here on the award. Both these guys are t- uh, plus 2100 to win MVP. I'm going back to the well. It's Dame time, man. I'm going with Damian Lillard here. Look, I think Damian Lillard and this Blazers team is going to have a great season. They need to have a top five record in the NBA. But Damian Lillard's a baller. Everybody knows it. We know how he puts his team on the back. There's a reason why they call him Logo Lillard. You know when you're that good and you have multiple nicknames that that's how good of a player you are. Damian Lillard and this Blazers team, if they can have a top five record in the NBA, I think he's going to have a great shot at getting it. I mean, he's going to carry this team night in, night out with his scoring down the stretch. Um, nobody scores more points in the fourth quarter than Damian Lillard. It's Damian Lillard, James Harden, and Trey Young are the top three fourth quarter scorers in the league from last year. <clears throat> Look for Dame to keep building on that. I think this might be his time to get it. My other guy I went with here, just because I feel like it's so up in the air, I went with Jamal Murray here. I think Jamal Murray, the way he played in the bubble, honestly, he looks like Steph Curry. I think if Jamal Murray can carry over bubble Jamal Murray into the regular season, this Nuggets team could even DC the Lakers as the number one seed. I'm not saying win the Western Conference, but I think they could get the number one regular season, and we all know it's a regular season award. I got Jamal Murray. I'm going to say this. I feel like Giannis has entered the LeBron category, and I don't think the Mavs will win enough games for Luka to get it. That's why I went with these two guys, but I mean, I probably would have picked Luka if winning didn't get factored into it. So my MVP is just going to be a value pick, and uh, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. Okay. And the reason why I'm going to go with Anthony Davis is not because I think he's the best player on his team, because I do not think that. I think LeBron, one, we know that LeBron is mentally kind of pissed off that he did not win MVP last year. Uh, I believe he even tweeted something about it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think at this point in LeBron's career, he knows that he could have some goals in mind and he can still hit his when he's focused on other people's. So what I mean by that is I think LeBron at this point in his career, he brought AD to the Lakers. I think first goal on AD's resume is let's get this guy a championship and let's have him contribute the fact that people can't say he rode my coattail to a championship because I don't think that's fair to say. I thought AD did his job for the Lakers, and then some. I think it's time for LeBron James to help AD win an MVP. I I, I think LeBron James is going to help Anthony Davis to win an MVP. Listen, the Lakers are going to win enough games for both of these guys to be in the category. Um, 
I I just think that's how I believe LeBron's mental mindset. And I don't know if I should be trying to think of how LeBron thinks because he's the smartest man to ever step on a basketball floor. But that is how I'm going to think his mental state is, is to get AD's resume up. Because they know that he can – they know that they can win it, the title again, just by them two playing their game. But he knows that if he can get AT to bring it to another level, he can maybe win a title and MVP. Hey, I like that choice right there, Ben. I don't necessarily disagree with you. Um, my only question is Anthony Davis is always injured, so that's the one thing that really – He's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay healthy. Absolutely. And also, too, it'll be weird to see how they factor everything into these. I feel like if a guy gets COVID and misses a couple games, I think they'll give him a pass. But if you're actually injured, injured, then I think it'll change up the award a little bit so, more. There's actually one point I want to make. So if fans aren't allowed for the at least the start of the season, I, I don't really know how this is going to operate. I think the point that you brought up with the Nuggets, the fact that the Nuggets might be the only team in the NBA that still have a home court advantage without mm-hmm. fans. It's the fact that it's hard to breathe. And listen, if you've never been out to Colorado, I'm lucky enough that my family goes to Colorado every year to go skiing. That first day, I am huffing and puffing. I, it's not because of anything that's legal out there. Um, it's <laughs> It's because it, the, the thin air, the altitude is so tough to breathe. And they play a, a style of play where they're running up the floor. They, even Jokic runs it up the floors. They like to get you tired. So even without fans, um, I, I think the Nuggets still have the best uh, home court advantage. The Lakers, though, like you play in Staples Center, you're going to be a little nervous. There's just so much history there. Um, but without fans, there's no there's no Jack Nicholas sitting courtside. There's no this. There's no that. You know. There's no Rihanna watching LeBron courtside, so it's the altitude definitely plays a factor in uh, in Denver. Yeah, hey, I agree with you completely on that one, Ben. That's a good point you made right there. Speaking of Denver, our uh, award right here is most improved player. I think we're both going to agree on this one. I got Michael Porter Jr. I assume you do as well. Um, yep. It's like we said earlier, just build off what he did in the bubble. He's going to get the minutes, I'm sure. It'll be there for him. Yeah, this is. I mean, this was easy to explain for the two of us. We both have him as our two seed. I think he's going to contribute more and more as his minutes keep going. Absolutely. Um, next one right here, Defensive Player of the Year. There's a lot of ways I could have gone with this one. I actually almost went with Anthony Davis. That was almost who I put in there. I just feel like Gobert has gotten his recognition now. He won't get it again. I think it's time to give recognition to another great defensive big man, and that is Bam Adebayo. Look, Bam was top five in the league in block shots last year, great on the defensive boards. He does a lot of stuff for this team, but his biggest thing is what he provides for this team on defense. They're going to need him if they expect to get out of the Eastern Conference, um, especially if they expect even to have a great regular season. I think Bam Adebayo is going to be that enforcer for them to paint. He brings that nitty-gritty attitude. He's a guy who had to work to get to be as good as he could. I was praying on draft night. He fell to the Hawks. Unfortunately, he went two picks before we picked, but... I'm going with Bam Adebayo right here as my defensive player of the year. Who are you going with, Ben? I'm going with the same guy I picked at MVP. I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. I mean, I feel like if I'm picking him for, for MVP, i got to pick him for defensive player of the year. Love it. Um, yeah, no, I think I think that's a great pick. I mean, I think it's pretty much going to be between those two guys. I think Anthony Davis is going to get a little bit more recognition on these awards as long as he stays healthy. Um, next award we got right here is the sixth man. A lot of ways you could go with this one, but I'm going to go back with Montrez Harrell. Look, I actually think the Lakers might try to rest Davis and LeBron a little bit at the beginning of the season just because it's such a quick turnaround. Therefore, I think Trez is going to get more minutes. Also, 
Trez played awful in the bubble. People are talking that talk, saying he's not that good, this and that. I mean, he signed for a bargain because he couldn't get a good contract because of it. I think he's a little pissed off and he wants to rebuild his brand. I expect Montrez Harrell to come out of here and bring the energy and be the kind of player he is. I like him to win sixth man of the year. So this one, I don't have a great answer for this right now. Uh, apologize to the people because I don't know like who the, who the, who's going to be the Heat sixth man. I think that's a whoever that is is going to be an interesting piece. I think the Nets – um, have an interesting piece of six man. I, I think the Lakers and Trez, um, I don't think he's going to be starting. So I think he's a good pick. I, I, if Michael Porter Jr. comes off the bench, I think he's a good pick. I, I agree. I, I, I need, before I kind of give an answer, mm-hmm. um, I, I guess for now I'm just going to go with Michael Porter Jr. because I think he will come off the bench. But there's a lot of guys that are going to be out for this award. Um, this might be, this is going to be a great race to follow, I think for the entire year. I just need to know, like, I I need to know a little bit more about who's going to start. You hit the nail on the head because I was actually thinking the same thing. I was thinking about like the Hawks and all these teams that are stacked up with talent. You got to see those starting lineups. And also too, you don't know if they'll change up their starting lineups by matchups as well in teams. So, I mean, I agree with you, man. It's going to be a good race though, for sure. Um, next up here, let's go with coach of the year. It was a little hard for me to decide between my two. Ben, why don't you tell me who you got first? Yeah. Um, so Terry Stotts, I think is a, is a good choice to pick. I I think the Blazers, as long as he can bring them to what they were last year, or maybe increase the win total a little bit. I think he's a great pick. Um, I think Mike Malone is is another good pick of the Nuggets. So, you know, for this, I, I'm going to go with Mike Malone. I know that he's won it before, but I do think this Nuggets team is going to be even better somehow. So I, I'll go with Mike Malone because I think you're going to talk a little bit about Terry Stotts. Yeah, I think Terry Stotts and this Blazers team are going to get back to that Blazers team that was, I believe, the number three seed in the West two two years ago. I mean, I think that this Blazers team has all the pieces, like I said, and Terry Stotts is a great coach who's gritty with this team and lets Damian Lillard lead what I've heard is the best locker room in the entire NBA. I don't think there's anybody breaking or stopping this Blazers team. Therefore, I think Terry Stott's going to have a great chance to get this award. I really think, you know, he's been on the cusp a couple times. I think it's time for him to finally cash in and the Blazers to finally cash in. I feel like the Blazers have finally started to get the recognition they deserve. It's their time to get it. Also, I put Steve Nash as my other selection just because I feel like the storyline's kind of there for Nash. He's able to get the Nets as top three in the East or even the two seed or maybe even the one seed somehow. It's a, available in there for Nash. Obviously, I don't think it's going to happen as y'all listen. Me and Ben aren't as high on the Nets I mean, in the regular season necessarily. So we think there'll be growing pains at the beginning. But hey, Steve Nash can, can make their no growing pains and everything work instantly. He's going to have a good shot at getting it. Um, last award here before we give y'all our conference finals and NBA finals is the rookie of the year and like i said on yesterday's podcast i'm gonna go with obi top in here i think he's gonna get a lot of minutes he's looked really strong in the preseason i thought he's the most ready nba ready player in this draft class therefore i think obi's gonna ball out ben who you got i'm going with the flashiest player in the entire draft class that would be Lamelo ball um I, i this dude's gonna make everyone around him better i don't think he has the greatest pieces around him but i think he makes i think he elevates players game um I, i'm not, i hate that i'm gonna say this and people are gonna probably hate me for this but i think he's the same type of player now take that loosely but i think he's the same guy that can do what luca does for the mavericks i mm-hmm. i think that as long as you put the ball in this kid's hands for about 80 to 90 percent of the game of the time that he's on the floor i think you will have better 
um, performances on a more consistent basis from this team. And I don't think they're going to win many games, but I think he's just the guy that makes everybody better on a team. I think he will be able to get his own, but I do think he's going to get a lot of assists, a lot of rebounds and be a facilitator for this team. Yeah, I think that's a good choice. I'm honestly shocked you didn't pick uh, James Wiseman. But yeah, I just don't know if he's going to start off the bat or what's going to happen. But I think LaMelo Ball is a great choice there. Now let's go to our conference finals. Let's start things out in the Western Conference. Shocker, I'm going with the Lakers to repeat there. I don't think there needs to be any definition. Other team, I'm going with the Blazers because all the reasons I said, man, this Blazers team's stacked up. They're ready to go. They have a great coach. They have one of the best stars on their team in the league in Damian Lillard. It's a Dame time, baby. Give me Blazers-Lakers. I hate this pick, uh, but I'm going with Lakers and Clippers. Uh, I just believe that Kawhi is going to be full-on Terminator mode. Um, I, I think his performance, I think when he looks back at film, or I don't know if he looks back at film, I don't know if he believes in that stuff, um, but I think that what his level of play was towards the end of the year, specifically in the playoffs, is is not what he's capable of. I think he's going to play pretty pissed off. And uh, listen, I think Paul. I think it really comes down to Paul George is really the X factor of that team. Um, but I think Kawhi is going to play pissed off, and I think he's more than talented enough to lead a team. Um, also, breaking news: 76ers have made Ben Simmons available in some packages with the Houston Rockets for James Harden, reported by Shams um, Shams, um, pretty much like five minutes ago. So it's just a well, little that'd, breaking that'd be, news. That's a good trade off. Oh, for sure. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I mean, think, I, I think James Harden is better than Ben Simmons. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say you're pretty much correct on that one. Um, next up is the Nets versus the Heat. Um, who this or what am I saying? I'm going with my Eastern Conference matchup here, which is the Nets versus the Heat, and. I like this matchup just because I don't think the Bucks are built to succeed in the playoffs. We've seen it happen time and time again with Mike Budenholzer, how he plays well in the in the regular season. I think this Nets team is built for the playoffs. Kyrie and KD are both NBA champions and have that experience. Um, I think KD will be absolutely unstoppable in the playoffs also, too. The Heat, man, they got through their last year. The Heat have the chance of getting James Harden. I will say this. If the Heat don't get James Harden, I'm going to take the Bucks to beat them, and I got Nets, Buck, or Nets and Bucks. But if the Heat do get James Harden, I got the Heat easily coasting through the Eastern Conference. So, barring any trades, so James Harden is not on the 76ers at this point. So I'm not going to pretend like he is. Uh, because if he does go there, then that's that changes a lot of things. I have no idea why I'm going to say these two teams reach the conference finals in the East. I have no idea. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bucks and the Nets. Don't ask me why. I have no idea if KD can even play a full season. I have no idea what we're going to get from Kyrie Irving. I mean, he's great with the ball in his hands. One of the one, He's just a wizard with the ball in his hands. I have no idea why I'm making this pick. But I think these two teams are very capable of reaching this point if they can stay healthy. And I don't make predictions based on who I think is going to get injured. I don't have a magic eight ball to tell you if Durant can survive a whole season. I just know that if he does play an entire season, there is a good chance he is in the Eastern Conference Finals because he is the best player in the Eastern Conference. Yes, yeah, see, I agree with you completely on all that, Ben. It's going to be fun to see how it plays out there. Um, so right now for my NBA Finals, I have the Lakers beating the Heat in a rematch. That is assuming that the Heat might get James Harden. If they don't, I'm going to go with the Nets versus the Lakers, and I still have the Lakers beating them. What do you have? Lakers beating the Bucks. 
Okay, so you think Giannis can finally break through? I think he can break through, but I think the Bucks show who they truly are in the finals. I, I think I think LeBron and AD just kind of take care of business. I, I mean, listen, I, I don't think the role players are good enough to win a championship around Giannis, but I do think they are good enough to help him get there. Um, that's barring all injuries. Listen, we talked about it in our Easter Conference podcast. Drew Holiday has got to stay healthy. He is, does not do that very often mm-hmm. in his NBA career, but I'm a big Drew Holiday fan. I think getting rid of Bledsoe is big for them. I thought he held them back a little bit. And I think Giannis – listen, there's no reason for me to believe that Giannis does not improve from last year to this season because he's literally done that every single season. He's got the greatest mindset, off-season mindset, than probably any other player, maybe outside of LeBron, um, in the entire NBA. I, I believe that. I believe that he puts the work in and it shows for him. So – I'm gonna have the Lakers beating the Bucks. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I hate the fact that we have the Lakers winning, but that's what it's looking like. Ben, I appreciate you coming on once again, helping me break down the Western Conference. I think we did a good job getting everybody ready for this NBA season. It's gonna be a whole lot of fun watching this NBA season uh, play out. Oh, for sure, guys. We're about to have great time in sports. We're about to have bowl games, college basketball. NFL and NBA. So I'm looking forward to that, but we appreciate everyone who tuned in and we'll talk to y'all again soon.